Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Pat's hot dog tastes are the missionary position of hot dogs. He just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pete Thamel. That thing would run right through you in like Usain Bolt time. <laughs> and SI's Pat Forty. A barf bag and a colostomy, yeah. <laughs> Good luck to you. Yeah. And here's Dan. All right, welcome to the podcast. It's championship week. I always love championship week. Wall-to-wall games all day long. Teams you never heard of. It's court stormings. In fact, I, I've announced this to my family in an effort to do what I can to contain the coronavirus. I have uh, decided to self-quarantine for the next month. <laughs> <laughs> this has gone not well. I, it seems there's skepticism in my family <laughs> that I am simply just trying to watch lots of college basketball all by myself. But uh, I think uh, as a citizen of the world, right? You're doing the responsible thing, Dan, no doubt about it. Center for Disease Control Man of the Year, humanitarian <laughs> Dan Wetzel. Dad, if you're quarantining yourself, why do you have a 90-pack of Bush Light? Yeah, I got, <laughs> you know, I got a, I got beer deliveries, DoorDash, whatever, Uber Eats, it's all coming. Feel a little hurt that some people in my family don't think you know, I, I think when you think of me, you think of someone who's always thinking of others. Of course. Yes. Thinking of the community yeah. at large, not their own selfish interests. And the fact that there's a college basketball on 24-7 for the next month, I don't see the relation. I just, I mean, <laughs> I didn't come up with the coronavirus. Not my fault. I didn't do it. So, anyway. Paragon I think of selflessness. All, I mean, that's you. Yeah. I hope you all join me. And, uh, yeah. Well, tell Mother Teresa to watch her back. <laughs> Yeah. Some people volunteer at soup kitchens, you know, or, you know, <laughs> raise money for the poor, whatever the case may be. Dan's, Dan's just going to sit inside. Take one, for, <laughs> take one for America that way. <laughs> wash your hands and watch the Big South semifinals, right? That's that's how we get through this, people. Yeah. Guacamole on your left, Purell on your right. It'll be perfect. All right, I always like this time of year because coaches start losing their marbles. <laughs> so, yeah. This week, I thought one of the great, great rants of all press conference rants of all time. And it comes from Indiana University, which is known for its legendary <laughs> coach rants. But it is not Bob Knight. It's channeling Bob Knight. Because I think Bob Knight would have had a few of these had bracketology oh. been as big of a deal back in the day. <laughs> 
Instead, we leave it to, to Archie Miller, Indiana coach. Indiana blew a late lead and lost to Purdue to go 19-12 and 12 overall, 9-11 in Big Ten play. Decided to, uh, to unleash this about bracketology. You know, if you watch Sesame Street and you listen to all the characters on Sesame Street talk, then everyone gets all under, <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's like when if you watch Sesame Street and you listen to the guys on Sesame Street, it's a children's show. Every bracketology is a children's show. Bottom line with our resume is it's strength of record, and that's undeniable. It's a top 25 strength of record. If you don't put in a top 25 strength of record team with the wins that we have, you know, somebody's going to have to answer some questions. But when you start to go through the bracketology and you listen to the Sesame Street cartoon guys on TV who need people to click and do all this stuff, the bottom line is strength of record. Who'd you play? Who'd you beat? And if you look at our wins, there's very few teams in the country that can say that they've beaten the Florida States, the Michigan States, the Ohio States, the Iowas, the Penn States, who clearly are in the field. So if you're beating six, seven teams in the field, you should be in the field. Now, everyone's going to say you don't have a 500 record in the league. They've already stated that the 500 record in the league doesn't matter. It's your body of work. If you have a strength of record at top 25, you know, you played a good schedule and you beat good teams, you should be in the tournament. All right, Coach, thank you. Thank you. I don't know if that answered it. That was a lot. But I needed to get some. I needed to get something out. You know, when I was in the Atlantic 10, Joe Lenardi was my best friend. He used to help me all the time. When I went to Indiana, he needed to crap on Indiana the other day just so people would watch Sesame Street. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess he's Oscar the Grouch, He is right? clearly That's Oscar the Grouch. So, great rant. <laughs> Let me start with this, because there's a lot of topics to go here. I can't stand bracketology. <laughs> I am, it, it was okay for a little bit, like the last week of the season, the last 10 days, hey, this team's there, or, or, or you know, going into, well, hey, if Michigan wins a couple games, they can get in here. Or, these are our, you know, some basic stuff. But it has become this, it, it's overwhelmed the season. And it, you tune into a game in late February, and uh, every graphic, uh, last four teams in. Dude, it's February 19th. Or, or you know, we got Tennessee, uh, uh, you know, slotted to play in the Albuquerque sub-regional against, uh, you know, Utah. Well, how, come on. <laughs> they do one at the beginning of the year with with tournament sites. Oh, sure. It. it it just never ends, and they never stop talking about it, and it's just fluid. It's just nonsense. It's it's worse than the mock drafts. Mock drafts are bad enough. With the so-and-so's dropping in the draft. Oh, there hasn't been a draft yet. <laughs> <laughs> you can't drop based on your, uh, your opinion. I swear, like, everyone in this year's NFL draft doesn't want to move Chase Young out of the number two spot to Washington because they they put him in there. So it's like, well, he must to a to a to a tongue of a lower can't go second. That's Chase Young's spot. What do you mean? He's a he's a great quarterback. I will not be surprised at all if the great quarterback goes second. That's how it works. I, I, I'm I'm tired of it. But this is like if you're watching an end of the year NFL game and like the New York Giants are in the game and it's December 4th. And not only are they like, eh, not a great year for the Giants, they've already talking during the whole broadcast about who they might take in the draft because they're currently in the fourth spot. Like enough with this stuff. It, 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 Lenardi and all these guys, they, they work hard. They found a cottage industry. It's an honest hustle, but 
ESPN just overwhelms us with this thing. And I, I, I find it displeasing. So that's my rant. You go, Archie Miller. <laughs> Dan Wetzel joining arm, linking arms with Archie Miller to go after poor yeah. Joe Lenardi in his bracket bunker. Well, Joe's a nice guy. Jerry Paul, nice guys. You know, like I said, well, hey, if you can, if you can make a living on this nonsense, seriously, the guys they're making a living on this. Yeah, predicting. Oh, they've blown it out this year too. I think they have an ESPN Plus show on top of it now. Where hey. I don't know how long it runs, but well, they, they're blowing it up. They figured out. Look across sports, there is a speculation industry that just people absolutely devour recruiting you know who's the leader who's not the leader you know he's leaning this way he's leaning that way <laughs> draft as you said the draft stuff the mock drafts and then bracketology same thing you know there's just this monstrous appetite for people to guess about where what's going to happen where people are going to end up you know potential trades before the trade deadline blah 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 i agree that it's completely overdone and that we have elevated now the importance of Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm and other people to to a absurd degree. It's like they're not the committee. That's the one thing I want to point yes. out to people. They really don't make <laughs> the decisions. And the committee's going to sit there in their little room in in Indy, and they're going to come up with their with their own decisions. It's probably not going to be the same as theirs. So yeah, I understand it coaches might. getting snappy about this stuff now. But for Archie Miller, there's one. Easy solution. Stop losing to Purdue. Win some games. In, in honor of Archie Miller's Sesame Street rant, I would like to bring up one of my favorite Sesame Street characters, Count Von Count. All right? <laughs> and Count Von Count would go one, two, three, all the way to 12. That's how many games Archie Miller lost. Well, ah, 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 ah. 11 games in the Big Ten. All right? So if there's any applicable Sesame Street character to the Archie Miller rant, it would be Count Von Count. <laughs> and let's just, for the sake of Count Von Count, let's just count out what Indiana's early season schedule was. Because Archie's big line was since December 3rd, we've only played power teams. Mm -hmm. Well, let's take a little peek at uh, how Indiana's scheduled to be looked at on the bubble. Western Illinois at home. Portland State at home. North Alabama at home. Juggernaut that North Alabama. Can anyone name North Alabama's nickname? That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Troy <laughs> at home. Princeton at home. Princeton's not terrible. Uh, they might be quad three. Louisiana Tech at home. And South Dakota State at home. The count counts a lot of dog games from a guy basically scared basically that he was going to have the exact same resume that he does. And so he just was going to, like, win as many games as possible, so it's 19. I mean, Archie Miller literally envisioned this, or whoever scheduled for Indiana, literally, literally envisioned the exact scenario they have. Do you think Lenardi and Palm get after each other? Like, if they bump into each other on the street, would there be— There's a beef. Would there be a fight? I'm sure there's a beef, yeah. They'll say, yeah. I'd take Palm, Wait, by How the way. could you seed Creighton as a five in 2018? <laughs> Nerd fight. They had three quad one wins. Yeah. <laughs> so as I really drilled down on the Archie rant, I wondered if he said, when I was the Atlantic 10, Lenardi was my best friend. So you guys obviously know Lenardi. Pat, you worked with him. Dan, you've probably known him for years and from St. covering Joe's. UMass uh, back in the day. So Lenardi is St. Joe's color guy, I think, or play-by-play -play guy. Is that right? One of those two. He used He's to on the work St. in the Joe's athletic department, department, didn't he? Yeah. Correct. 
Yeah. So was Archie basically saying Joe Lenardi? I think he was like, it's actually maybe worse because I think he was saying like Joe Lenardi's bias towards St. Joe's in the A-10. Now, I don't know how many teams from the A-10 Lenardi has in. They're, they'll probably get two. They were supposed to get three at one point. They may only get one. But I really do think like in Archie's mind, if he was insane enough to, to do this, and by the way, the funniest part about this rant is like it's the least Archie Miller thing of all time. You guys are better on Archie Miller. He is like defiantly boring. Like Sean, remember, was the childhood star of the Miller brothers. He has like a, a good personality. Sean's like an affable guy. And, you know, there's some charisma to him. Archie is like th this coming from Archie Miller is like stunning. If this was like Calipari or, you know, just your sort of run of the mill college basketball salesman blowhard, it wouldn't be surprising at all. But like the, the beauty of this rant is not only the ridiculousness of it and the lack of self-awareness of it, but it's also it comes from Archie Miller, who's basically been like dead on boring for three straight years to set up the okie doke for, for having this rant to have the power that it does. But I do think there was some A-10 conspiracy. So, you know, it's March when there's like Planting the seeds of Atlantic 10 conspiracy. <laughs> A10 conspiracy. A10 bias. <laughs> A10 feud spills over. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the reason Archie's his nickname, his real name's Ryan. His nickname is Archie because he was nicknamed that by his family because he was such a grouch when he was little. It's Archie Bunker. So, oh. yeah. That I mean, he's, Ooh, he's just a naturally grumpy kind of surly guy. Smiles about once every lunar eclipse. I remember when he was at Dayton and we were doing like, I was at Sports Illustrated. We were doing our like hot coaches list and someone on his staff called me and it was a picture of Archie looking like sour. And they're like, hey, can you get like a better picture of him? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's who he is. I'm sorry. It is. You know, it is. But he just... <laughs> But he's the hot of, coaching list. And you've probably been in more of his press conferences in Indiana than I have, Pat. But like he has always just gone out of his way to say nothing. Yeah. Right? No, he, yeah, he can he can diffuse anything and yes. for better or for worse. Yes. But I know this. I, here's some count von count for you. He's six games below 500 as the Indiana coach in Big Ten play. After three seasons, that's not getting it done. It's Indiana is a weird situation. Like they they should not be this bad. No. I mean, they should they should be very good. Yeah, I, I know you're not going to win five national titles, maybe, but there's so many good players in the state of Indiana. Tons. And it, it was funny. There's a, a deal with Matt Painter where Bob Knight told me once that he he nearly offered Matt Painter. Matt Painter was, I think, out of Muncie Delta Delta High School. Yep. Yeah, he was a very good basketball player. He played AAU ball with Pat Knight. He screwed. He later admitted he screwed up and did not offer Matt Painter the job, uh, uh, a scholarship. And Matt probably, I assume, would have gone to Indiana. Said he goes to Purdue, and becomes this kind of beloved player, and then takes over for Gene, and has got Purdue to be a a, a very good program, pretty much what yeah. Purdue can be. Yeah, yeah. Came yeah. within a shot of going to the Final Four last year. Yeah, and they're always they're always good, and it's just they run. They have tons of Indiana kids. He's sort of running the Indiana program at Purdue. Huh, that's a good way to put it, Dan. If that had switched, <laughs> right? And now I don't know if anybody, I don't know if Matt Painter could have taken the Indiana job at one point because there was just such a you couldn't take that job until they reconcile with Bob Knight or not. But maybe Matt Painter was tight enough that he could have. Yeah. And you just kind of wonder where the programs would have been different. I've always, I've kind of wondered that that sort of swinging door. We did the swinging door last week. Uh, That'd be a good column. That's a good one. I never knew that That's, about yeah. Painter. I will say, I saw Matt Painter play in high school, 
He was the oh. slowest person afoot I have ever seen play basketball. But he was so skilled that he could make up for it. I mean, he, he could not move, couldn't guard, couldn't run, but could pass, <laughs> dribble, and shoot extremely well. Yeah, so you can see where there was a hesitation on the IE program. <laughs> but anyway, I just kind of an interesting deal. But yeah, you know, look, I, overall, the bracketology, I think it's it's overtaken too much of the sport. And, you know, I think like I have two problems with, with the whole thing. One is it it... I actually think it favors the the bigger schools more than the smaller schools. I, I really don't think there's an A10 bias. And then B, I, I just think like it's a bigger deal in football because it's hard to get in. But like for most of this stuff, like you're in, you're in. Yeah. And and you can worry about crap. Well, why do they have us as a three seed? We should be a two. There's no difference or a six seed or like a lot of this stuff that people get all fired up about. It's completely not only is it speculative, it just doesn't matter, even if it was actually accurate. Yeah. No, that this year I, I said in the this week's 40 minutes that like this year of all years, I do not want to hear one coach complain about their seating because it doesn't matter in this tournament. The difference between three and ten is minuscule. Just get in and you're gonna be fine if you're good enough. So I don't want to hear anybody say we're seated too low. Nobody. You know, ESPN especially has put so much focus on the bracket because in reality, they're almost like subletting the interest to CBS. You know, like they don't they own 90, you know, 90 percent of the inventory or whatever. Probably not that much. But like they're almost saying like the part you're watching isn't actually the interesting part. Like you're only interested in the part we don't have. If, if you will. And but Dan was joking, like, I don't want this on February 17th. You're getting it on January 17th. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. like it's not like championship week, the league we need a championship. I get it. Totally. You know, Texas wins at Oklahoma. Big like, yes, no, no question. But I do think the way the sport is covered has been indelibly changed through bracketology. And we're already so far down the rabbit hole. We're not coming back from it. I, I was watching the other night. I, I don't watch tons of college basketball right now. And I tend to watch TV late when I got the, everyone to sleep and stuff. So it's why I watch tons of Boise State football because they're <laughs> they're on when I'm watching. But I watch I've watched a lot of Pac-12 this year because yep. the same kind of same thing. Yeah. And, you know, there was this Washington, Arizona game the other night, which was pretty interesting. Yeah. And they had Walton doing it. So that was he kind of keeps it across. But they kept kind of going back. And it's like, I just kind of want to watch this game. And I know Washington stinks, but I just wanted to, like, they were they were playing incredible. And, you know, I was just kind of wanted to watch the game, and I didn't really care about the NCAA basketball tournament. I care, um, you know, maybe there's not enough people. Maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure they know what they're doing more than I do, but it it there's times it's just a little off-putting. Um, I mean, it, akin to your part about nobody complain about their seed, should no high major even complain about not getting in? No. Absolutely not. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, they've got they obviously they get the lion's share of the bids. They get the lion's share of the of games at home. You know, they get especially now we get more conference games. So they get more games against quality opponents. So they, they, there's absolutely no room to complain if you are if you're Indiana and you end up out or if you're Xavier with a losing record in your league and you end up out. Or if you're a 500 team like Texas or Oklahoma in your league and you don't make it, I don't want to hear from them. The problem, see, usually, and that's, hey, Pete and I have for years have been banging the pump, the the populist tub for the mid-major teams to get the at-large bids. There's not a lot of them to bang the tub for this year. Now, Northern Iowa, 
Great example, boy, but you lose by 21 and a quarter final of the Missouri Valley. That really hurts you. Uh, if East Tennessee State doesn't win the SOCON tonight, we're taping this Monday, they should absolutely get in. But it's, it's tough to find a bunch of teams to rally around, I think, right now at the mid-major level. I would agree with that. I will I will counter with this. I think that the impact of 20-game conference schedules has really robbed the mid-majors of, like, opportunity. For example, we'll go back to Archie Miller. When he was at – I was looking up some old articles uh, the other day, and when he was at Dayton, he actually said this to me on the record. He said, it's going to be really hard in the Atlantic 10 to ever put together – a this is 2016 or whatever it's going to be really hard to put together a resume to get to the NCAA tournament because no high majors are going to ever have any incentive to play so it's funny that three years later he became that team that he was worried about impacting his world and I'm not blaming him for it I, every coach in that chair is going to is going to do the same thing that that he did but when you play tw- they essentially are expanding their monopoly if you play 20 conference games, you don't have to play anyone else. You don't risk any kind of you're not even a, like a bad loss, like just an just an okay loss. You're literally just like throwing six wins on the whiteboard and in moving on from there. And I do think that's one of the things that's undercut the sports relevancy in some ways. Is is that there are good occasional early games, but like if you are a local fan of a team, like you don't have a ton of incentive to go watch them play a competitive game early. And it's like that. I would say if there's, you know, I guess there's probably 70 power conference basketball teams. I would think 55 are pretty much engineered like that. And the ones that can are the ones that can't afford it and have to play home and homes and and all that. But I think that the power of this 20-game schedule and the expansion of this monopoly has just cut down opportunity for uh, for other schools to win those games. And that train ain't leaving the – that train's left the station and ain't coming back. Since we're legally obligated to talk about the coronavirus um, – <laughs> Beyond your, beyond your self-quarantine. Yeah. This is why I'm quarantining. No, we did have on Sunday a, uh, a cancellation of the, the uh, tennis tournament at uh, professional tennis tournament at Indian Wells out in California. And I'm not expecting to be a lot of pro tennis fans listening, but just as some context, <laughs> it's, it's like considered the fifth major. It's a huge, huge event, huge prize money. The California location, they get the best players in the world. They're all there. It's a big economic deal. The court there, their their center court is about 16,000 seat stadium, uh, one of the four or five biggest in the world. Second biggest outdoor one to Arthur Ashe at the U.S. Open, which also has a retractable roof. It's a huge deal. And they canceled this sucker uh, a couple of days before it was supposed to start. I think it was supposed to start the 13th. I don't know. Soon. And... This would have been unthinkable two weeks ago. They've canceled all sorts of stuff right now. South by Southwest, huge festival, $350 million in uh, economic impact to Austin, Texas, canceled, done. Uh, We see the the pictures of Italian professional soccer uh, games, empty stadiums. You know, it's still unfathomable to me that the NCAA basketball tournament could go off with empty stadiums or even be canceled. I just can't conceptualize that. But are we heading in in any way that direction, particularly maybe the final four where you throw in, I mean, we're talking a couple weeks from now, three, four weeks, and you're throwing, uh, I don't know what capacity they get in Atlanta, but 60,000 people snuggled in to uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I don't know. What do you think, Pat? Is 
is this possible that we could go this route? I think, yeah, I think, I think it's possible. Um, the NCAA does not want to do that. Obviously, this is a you know their massive money driver, the NCAA tournament, and especially the Final Four. But I think there's this tipping point. I don't know where it is. I don't know that anybody knows for sure where it is. But there's this tipping point where if enough cases are, are found, if there's enough you know municipal actions that are taken and and schools are canceled and and other things get canceled that i think there's going to be building pressure that's going to say well why is sports immune to it why in the ncaa tournament doing what everybody else is doing uh my daughter's classes at stanford are canceled next week this week and next week you know that sort of thing is, is going to kind of continue to keep going at uh at college campuses i think and until I think they, everybody can get their arms around what is the threat, how bad is the threat, that, yeah, I think we're, you know, we're just right there on this fault line. And how much lead time do they have to give before they cancel? Probably not much, you know? I mean, if they let decide me just, Let me just say week, this. How awesome would it be to have your classes canceled for weeks <laughs> in college <laughs> for a – for a virus that doesn't seem to be really effective against the young. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell this you this. The greatest. We got a text. During the tournament, no less. Yeah, During, yeah they can self-quarantine. They don't have a white kids. Oh, my God. I, look, this may you may one day play this back and go, this guy was an idiot. This is the this is the worst plague that ever hit uh, uh, society. Fine. But as of the information we have on this date, it's it, it it's very scary for older people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we don't know where this will go and all of that. And I'm not. Uh, but if you're 19 years old or 20 years old <laughs> and you're surrounded by all your friends, lots of liquor stores <laughs> and lots of people of the opposite sex or your own sex, I don't care, potential <laughs> dating possibilities and you got nothing to do. <laughs> well. Like, strand me on that cruise ship. <laughs> uh, this would have been I mean, these kids, these college kids are like jackpot. They're not running home. Is Brooke coming home? No, well, here's the here's the deal. We got a giddy text Friday night that says this. She said this is yeah. the California version of snow days. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. But then by Sunday, she's when we talked to her, she's like, uh, yeah, I still have to do presentations via Skype. I've got to still do, you know, we're going to do remote classes. I've got to do this. I got to do that. No, she's got a ton to do it. And they're training for the NCAA championships, which start in like 10 days. So no, she ain't coming home. Now she said basically campus okay. is cleared out though, because they're, they're on a quarter system. So they got this week and then finals next week. And then they're, everybody's gone. So they already, everybody already left, but they still are doing work. Uh, All right. Well, look, your daughter is very dutiful. She's an incredible athlete. Uh, she takes her studies seriously and she attends Stanford. For the some of us who maybe uh, fit none of those criteria. <laughs> if you got this call at UMass, we know what you'd be doing. <laughs> yes. If, if Dan, Dan was still at UMass, he'd be having a Corona-themed coronavirus oh, party. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> Cinco de Mayo comes early, you know. <laughs> I, I was a journalism major. I mean, come on. We all could fake it through that thing. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. As was I. And faking, yeah. faking I did. <laughs> not a lot yeah. of hard work. No, if I were in Missouri, involved. trust me, yes, it would be absolute run amok time. 
So let me ask this then. I, I hate to I, I hate to I hate to take Dan's college coronavirus fantasy out of the conversational slot here. But uh, yeah, I'm what would you think I'm of sorry. them playing games with no fans? Because I don't think the NCAA is going to cancel the Final Four, especially if the tournament has already started. And look, as much as those butts in the seats are worth some money, I'm sure there's some insurance policy, there's some CYA there. That's not going to affect the bottom line. Not having the games on TV would affect the bottom line more. And look, like they need this tournament. Like it is the lifeblood of the organization. Um, could there be like 500 media members? And no other humans in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Pat, in three weeks. Sure. You could move yeah. it to the Georgia State Arena. I mean, you, at that point, you know. You could. Yeah. You could. You play at the I Georgia think that's Tech a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a possibility. We were talking about the Masters, and that's Come one on. event. Like, you heard LeBron James, like, I don't want to play in front of no fans. But the Masters, I think they, the golfers would love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I don't got anyone yelling uh, mashed potato <laughs> after my drive. And <laughs> the, I mean, Colin Montgomery green dream scenario. I can finally play. Yeah, golf no by fans. Just have a couple. At me. Yeah. Some guy from CBS walking around out there and they quarantine the media to the media center. And I don't know. Tiger would be like, this is fantastic. Yeah. As yeah. long as the Perkins waitresses <laughs> are still around. Oh, God, Dan. <laughs> hey, he's playing well again. It's usually a sign that he's up to something. That's good. <laughs> up to something. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, I like Tiger Woods because he's a great golfer, not uh, in the state of his marriage. What do I give a crap? I just want to see him play golf. We were robbed of years of it. Anyway, mm -hmm. I think an empty. I think an empty stadium would make sense. Aren't outdoor events less susceptible? I certainly don't want to sit here and pretend I'm some disease expert. I'm just using Purell at like a very rapid rate and singing happy birthday while I wash my hands. But are outdoor events less susceptible because the I read an article that like yeah. fresh air yeah. is like yeah. a great sanitizer. Yeah. Yeah. There is. You don't want to be too close, though. You do kind of pack around these people right around the greens and stuff. But look, at I think most of this, I mean, I don't know. Is a golf tournament going to kill everybody? Right. I, I mean, <laughs> I nobody knows what to do. That's the bottom line here. Nobody knows what is the correct approach. And so I think there's a lot of guessing and spitballing and panicking and, and you know, what are the other people going to do? What's that sport going to do? Well, then we'll decide what we're going to do based on what they're going to do. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can read a thousand things about this. You can get 50 conflicting opinions. I, I very much am in the camp of, I'll worry when somebody gives me a really good reason to worry. But, you know, if, if you are in charge of staging some of these huge events, it's your job to worry. So we'll see what they, yeah, what they come I, up I with. I can see why they're erring on caution. If I'm in the NCA, the, the contingency plan I would go with is we're going to put this thing over at Georgia State. You know, they got to have some little arena. We'll, we'll allow the media in, I'm guessing. Damn right. No fans. And this is how we'll do it. We did our part, and yeah, we lose some tickets, but we still got that CBS rating, and and tough. It sucks for the city of Atlanta and all the, you know, you feel bad for the, the waiters and the hotel. I yeah. mean, just the the economic impact of some of these things. Well, that's yeah, that's why the, the stock market's doing what it's doing right now. Yeah, this is well, this is where we're at in America. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, let's let's switch gears here. I, I know if, uh, regular podcast listeners recall we had a very popular uh, game we played back in uh, football season called Would You Eat It? 
Would you eat it is pretty self-explanatory. Would you eat what I'm going to describe? We did it uh, Texas State Fair yeah. edition. All the great carny and food trucks and all the all the crazy things they came up with. Well, the SEC basketball tournament is uh, is stepping up their game this year. I give them a lot of credit. They have got a specialty hot dog for every team in the SEC. Wow. It's the women's tournament. Oh, it's only the women's, women's tournament. tournament. Okay. Why not the men? Yeah, come on. We can't have good hot dogs, specialty hot dogs at the men's tourney? Where is this? I don't know. Greenville, South Carolina has got it going on. I don't know what I don't know what the men are doing in Nashville. So it's but... in Greenville. All right. Well, the men, just step drinking. up your game. Once again, the, yeah. the women are leading the way. Uh, all right. Well, here, here's what we have. They don't have every team because, you know, like Mississippi and Mississippi State got to share a hot dog. Uh, it's just, you know. <laughs> You're one they dog won't share it you. happily. <laughs> they won't share it willingly. No, make them uh, start each like that. They each get a side of the hot dog, and they end up, you know, kissing and making up at the end. There I think, you go. And they get to the middle. Beautiful. Uh, thing. All right. So, would you eat it? I'm going to give you the signature hot dog here. Would you eat it, P- Pete? Try to pretend you'd eat a hot. When was the last time you ate a hot dog, Pete? <laughs> it's a good game. question. I do like hot dogs. I usually eat one when I go to Fenway Park. You yeah. Know, all, right. all right. Like, all right. Fenway Frank. I'll, yeah. I'll Fenway dog. I'm not. I'm not like super, uh, I'm not super anti hot dog, uh, but I don't, I don't like, I go to a lot of sporting events. Like I don't like go out of my way to buy them either. That's, so, that's, I know I'm awful at these. That's one of the most surprising things I've heard on this podcast though, that you're not anti hot dog and you've eaten one relatively recently. I can't remember the last time, but like, I'm okay. sure sometime this summer on like Cape Cod, somebody had a yeah. barbecue and ate hot dog. Okay. I used to work at Fenway park. I used to cook, cook hot dogs. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't so eat you're immune from the coronavirus forever just being exposed to that stuff. Yeah, that, the hot dog water at the uh at the stands were always quite something. I think we actually need a podcast segment at some point just on all of Wetzel's jobs, he said. Yeah, <laughs> be pretty good. Yes. Bad jobs. Yeah. Bad jobs. No, that's all right. Harry M. Stevens Incorporated yeah. valued employee for a little while. Would you eat it? All right, let's start with this, Pat, because it's right up your alley. Yeah. And Sully, you weigh in because I think Pete's just going to – we're going to put Pete down as a no, <laughs> probably. But the Kentucky bourbon dog, oh my. the Kentucky bourbon dog, smoked brisket, shredded cheddar, onion straws, and bourbon barbecue sauce. Uh, the, the hot dog is implied. Yeah. So this right. is what's on top of the hot dog. I may go to Greenville just to watch this thing. To see if Johnny Ludden will fund my trip to the. Why do you want to cover the women's SEC tournament? No reason. No reason. No reason. Some good basketball. Good there. stories. Good basketball. Yeah. Good story. Don Staley. Yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, smoked brisket, shredded cheddar, onion straws, and bourbon barbecue sauce. The Kentucky Bourbon Dog. I am a hard yes on this. Okay. Absolutely. I am going no. Believe it or not, because. I don't bourbon and hot dogs do not mix. That's a bad mix right there. And I don't want brisket on my hot dog either. And I, I just know you're you're throwing too much stuff in there. I'm a little more of a hot dog purist than that. So I don't want the brisket and I don't want bourbon. What do you put on a hot dog if you're a purist? Are you just going like ketchup and mustard? No, I mean, you know, if you can get, I can do some relish occasionally, although I prefer like onions, chili, chili for sure. Um, okay, so you're making you know, a chili dog. Gotcha. Yeah, that doesn't sound very pure. <laughs> Not for your intestines, anyway. <laughs> My intestines right, have, so been, have put, been weathered, man. They're toughened. <laughs> Pat's hot dog tastes are the missionary position of hot dogs. He just loves <laughs> some of us like to, you know, uh, spice it up a little. We're bit. gonna Sully. What do you, would you eat this? 
Yeah, I'm in. But this next one, this next one, I wouldn't. I don't know. Right, well, well the, we're not getting to the next one. Pete, are you a yes or a no? You got to play the game. Would you eat it? Absolutely. Pete. I like all those things. I think it'd be good. <clears throat> uh, the barbecue sauce, I'm not so excited, See? but the others, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, all right. The Arkansas dog. <laughs> I really wish they would call it a hot dog because you, some of these you start wearing, it's actually dog, <laughs> not hot dog. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> sounds a little better if it's a hot Arkansas. <laughs> Someone says, "Would you like to eat some Arkansas dog?" What would you like? What's your first thought? Yeah, like Jed uh, Lampett's dog and uh, Beverly yeah. Hillbillies. So at at the Beijing Olympics in uh, in 08, oh, you yeah. guys were uh, you guys were both there. I, did, I my my assignment was essentially basketball for the whole thing. I was there for the New York Times. We had like seventy two reporters there. My job was mostly basketball, and I lost eighteen pounds because they had like essentially no arena food. Right. So th- these were the items you could buy in my memory. You could buy a hot dog on a stick. You could buy Ritz crackers, and then you could buy Coke Zero. And there were a few other, you know, more traditional Chinese items. But, like, the Chinese hadn't figured out stadium food yet, basically. They no, hadn't gotten into Nowhere this. at the Olympics is there good food. There's yeah. never been so, good food at the Olympics. I just ate Ritz crackers every day, and every day I'd look at that hot dog and a stick and be like, nope, not today. <laughs> <laughs> that is the true test. of, And I'm not intimating at all that they were actually dogs. I want to be very clear about that. I have no idea what was in them, and I did not ask. But... Would you eat a Chinese hot dog from a Beijing concession stand? No, I don't that, think I did. They have the worst no. food at the Olympics. Yeah. You lo- every time there's nothing to eat. Yeah. No. At, at, the, at the Rio games, I wrote a, a blog post about how I went to Subway almost every day and tried to learn how to order a Subway sandwich in Portuguese. <laughs> I, I went with you a couple times. Yeah. I yeah. Must- and everyone was bashing on me for eating sub. I'm like, you should see the food they try to give you. Like, this is. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, Subway is gourmet food at the Olympics. Are you kidding me? All right. The Arkansas dog. Lettuce, tomato, pickle, onion. They kind of buried the lead here. Fried bologna. <laughs> Ooh. And mayonnaise. I think fried bologna should be the lead item here. Yeah. The Arkansas dog. Lettuce, tomato, pickle, onion, fried bologna, and mayonnaise. Pat 40, would you eat it? I'm in. I love fried bologna. I, yeah, I, so good. I've always had a thing for fried bologna. Uh, my mom used to make it for me when I was a kid. I've liked it ever since. Bring on the fried bologna dog. Yes, that sounds outstanding. It's the mayonnaise that gets me, though, yeah, y'all. Hold the mayo. Um, you guys, I know. Here we go with the mayo bashing again. Here we go. <sighs> Here. On the hot dog, I'm not. I'm not exactly anti mayo, but on a hot dog, that sounds nasty. You know, I'm anti mayo, and it's a terrible idea on a hot dog. And why do you need it? You got the fried. Bo- don't screw up the fried bologna. You <laughs> well, don't want to. Yeah, I don't need the mayonnaise, but I'm not anti-mayo like you guys, you jerks. I would have that dr- plain. You don't want anything on that. Yeah, I can let the them. fried bologna speak. I'm, I <laughs> wrap the fried bologna around the hot dog, and that's yeah. I'm, I'm there with that. You don't need the what lettuce or the tomato either. If we ever have podcast T-shirts, they're either going to say it always sleets in Shreveport or <laughs> let the fried bologna speak. <laughs> Pete, would you eat it? No, mayo, mayo is a hard no. I will say I grew up eating fried bologna. I sneaky love fried bologna. So what's not to like about it? I mean, it's so good. Fantastic. Uh, all right, the Nashville dog. I guess they can't use the school names. Yeah. Is that it? The Nashville dog, Figures. I guess, is for Vanderbilt. Shredded cabbage, fried pickles, Nashville hot sauce. Uh, the hot sauce is fine. I don't like cabbage in any capacity. 
And why would you fry a pickle when you don't, you don't have to fry a pickle? No, no, out. Why wouldn't you fry a pickle? <laughs> because it's better without being fried. <laughs> pickle, I'm assuming it's a pickle spear, and fried pickles are superior when they're in the spear form, not the chip form. I'm a yes. You know, Dan mentioned the, uh, the hot dog water at Fenway. Like, that's about, as, that's about what I think of this concoction <laughs> with, the, with fried pickles and hot sauce. That thing, that thing would run right through you in, like, Usain Bolt time. <laughs> fried pickles and hot sauce on a hot dog? My God. Well, they're putting the cabbage on there to get, get you a little roughage to kind of, you know. But... I hate cabbage, too. Ugh. I, what is the point of cabbage? Like, yeah. come on. Like, it's not like lettuce is expensive. It's not like it's like poor man's lettuce. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't mind the lettuce on the Arkansas dog, but uh, the cabbage on the net. Na- I'm going to say no, no, but I do like hot sauce. All right, next one. We got to keep moving here. The Nola Gumbo Dog. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, LSU fans, I guess, because, you know, Cajun-inspired chicken gumbo. That's it. So it's a hot dog smothered with chicken gumbo, basically like chili. Yeah. Chili dog with chicken gumbo. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I, I mean, I like all gumbo. Uh, so yes, give me give me some of that. I like gumbo. I like hot dogs. Hard no. Don't mix those things. Those Whoa. are two very separate things that are fine on their own accounts. There's no need to mix them. Nothing's going to go right with that. I'm looking at the list. I'm a yes all the way. You can just skip me. I'm a yes on this one. I'm a yes on the next one. I'm a yes on the South right, Carolina Sully's dog. A yes. I I think that the the hot dog just kind of is almost like you got a little pork in there. So I'm a yes. I think it's like a pork and chicken gumbo. And you got the bread. I'm a, I mean, I, 100% I'm getting the NOLA dog. 100%. Sure. All right. I'm in. Alabama white barbecue dog. Uh... Cold chicken, Monterey Jack cheese, and Alabama white barbecue sauce. Pat. No, I don't like white barbecue sauce. It was a bad idea. And Alabama likes that. And Alabama's stupid. So no. <laughs> I'm not going to impugn the intelligence of an entire state, but I also dislike white barbecue sauce, so I'm going to pass. Uh, not, I don't like I'm white, not impugning the entire like, state, but anybody who likes that <laughs> sauce that they think espouses their deal. No, out. It is a terrible sauce. It's a terrible invention. And they, they cling to it, and they know they're wrong. That's the thing. <laughs> you know you're wrong on this one, Alabama. It's not nearly as good as all the other states. There's tons of different types of barbecue sauce. This is the worst barbecue it sauce. It is. Oh, no. Grandpa. Grampy made it. Oh. They have better barbecue sauce that's not white barbecue sauce in their own state. Sure they do. You know, there's plenty of great places in Tuscaloosa that aren't white barbecue sauce. So. No, they have great barbecue there. If they get away from this crappy white barbecue, forget it. Like something's just got to go. Yep. And, uh, you know, that thing should be on the dustbin of history. All right. I'm a no. <laughs> Uh, South Carolina dog, peach coleslaw, no. red peppers, onion straws, and chipotle mayo. What the? You can't have peach anything on a hot dog, period. <laughs> That's terrible. This is the Pat worst the one by far. Yeah. Like, by far and away the worst one. Like, as soon as you Pat said the, the word peach, it was over. Why did yeah. they do this to their hometown? Or, I mean. That's the a- lose a bet hot dog. And like, what does Chipotle mayo got to do with South Carolina? <laughs> Nothing. I'm a no. Yeah. There we go. We got standards All on knows. this show. Sully, Sully said yes. You're taking oh, this thing down? Sully. Yeah, why Peach. not? Why not? I like Chipotle mayo. I like sweet and spicy. We'll give it a try. Yeah. It wouldn't be my first choice. 
But if I'm there all week, I'll try it. <laughs> Sully, how was that protein shake you ate from the combine with the cottage cheese and? The- oh yeah. If if you hadn't seen what Pete's ta- referencing, it's it's you go to at Yahoo Sports and scroll a little bit around combine time, and we did a 30 second meal segment and tried a uh, a nasty shake that w- wasn't really that bad, honestly. It was more the consistency. It had cottage cheese and eggs the two hard things to put down but the the gatorade and the peanut butter and the bananas definitely saved it was it like drinking cement was it just like (laughs) thick it was too thick yeah it was it was just gelatinous and thick and went down uh kind of kind of slow some random d3 lineman said at Mm -hmm. combine that's what he ate to gain like 70 pounds or whatever 70 pounds he turned from a tight end to a left tackle by drinking this this concoction what school did he go to they not have a pizza place st john's Yeah, that, remember that school up in Minnesota, Minnesota where Minnesota, Austin Murphy yeah. did that book? Yeah. <clears throat> Gagliardi yeah. or whatever his name is. Yeah. I don't know. I would just, yeah, I could find something else. Just drink beer and uh, eat pizza. All right. Pat's alma mater, the Missouri dog. Yep. Shredded cabbage. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> A boneless pork rib. I, I, I appreciate that they say boneless. I mean, that would really... <laughs> A bone in your hot dog would be a no. Boneless pork rib and smoky barbecue sauce. Why the cabbage again? What are you doing with the cabbage? Take the Ooh, cabbage off cool. and I'll eat it. Oh, uh, on behalf of my alma mater, I am offended by the Southeastern Conference in this concoction. Is oh. there is there, is there a cabbage connotation? Like is it like when you when you go to the dining hall at Missouri, was no. there like ample bins of cabbage? <laughs> Not that I recall. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, I yeah, I think the cabbage would get me. Yeah. It's a cat. I'm gonna go no, Pete. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Texas dog, tomato, tortilla strips, chili, cheddar cheese, bacon bits, sour cream, and green onion. This is like a Frito pie almost <laughs> of a, on top of a hot dog. Uh, yeah, I'll take two of those. That that and the fried bologna <laughs> dog are my two favorites so far. I think you'd have to quarantine yourself in the bathroom for two weeks if you did that. I'm out. <laughs> I think you get the crunch of those tortilla chips, which just, I mean, that just adds. <laughs> and then the bacon bits is just completely unnecessary, but absolutely wonderful. Why do I need the bacon bits? Of course. See? Just throwing bacon bits on there. They're like, someone's got to get. They, they gave Texas everything here. They did. Absolutely, I'm eating this. No wonder they got a like, superiority complex at AM. They, they get yeah. everything. All right. Georgia Peach Dog. There we go again. Italian sausage crumbles. Okay. What? Yeah, I'm good with that. Are there a lot of Italians in Georgia? No. Italian sausage crumbles and peach relish. No. On a foot-long dog. Why are we changing the the, the dog? (laughs) Why does Georgia get the foot-long? Well, they're not the number one seed. I thought maybe that would be something like that. But no, that's South Carolina. I don't know. No peach on the dog. No. All right. This is a father of a Georgia student athlete. (laughs) That's right. Saying no. I'm not touching this one. I don't like it. I'm out on that, too. That the foot long is too much hot dog. Like, I like a hot dog. Nice, like buttered toasted bun. But once once you get a foot, that's a lot of hot dog, man. No, thanks. This one's confusing me. The Mississippi comeback dog. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) What's comeback? Going to come back up on you. (laughs) (laughs) It has uh, pulled pork and Mississippi comeback sauce. What? Uh, Mississippi comeback sauce is uh, kind of a chili sauce. Okay. Creole mustard, Worcestershire sauce. Ooh, hard no. Gross. Uh, I'll do that. That's what's in it? 
I'm in. Yeah, yeah. mayo, chili sauce, ketchup, yeah. lemon juice, paprika. Yeah. Uh, oh, that doesn't sound terrible. Uh, give me that one. I'm fine. I'm a maybe on that one. <laughs> Good. All right. Finally, would you eat it? Gainesville dog, lettuce, tomato, fried gator bits, <laughs> and actually fried gator bites. Okay. That's better than that's different, different than a bits. Uh, and spicy remoulade or remoulade or whatever, however you say it. I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably go there. Uh, you know, that's mayo based, a mayo based condiment invented in France. Yeah, that's what I think of when I think <laughs> Gainesville. of Gainesville, Central Florida, that's, North. Yeah. yeah, it's the Paris of Ocala County. <laughs> yeah. The city of lights, Ocala and Gainesville. Yeah, man. I, what the heck? I'd try it. I mean, after all, after these, all these other uh, disasters, I, I, I think my standards would be lowered. Here's my thing. If there's a sauce we can't pronounce. And there's gator involved. Are we really trusting like a South Carolina hot dog vendor to just nail these and land the plane on them? I'm thinking no. Well, it's probably not even gator. It's probably dog or something, you know, like in China, you know. <clears throat> wow. I mean, where are they getting the South gator? South Carolina is not China. Come on. You it's just, the SEC. They got plenty of alligators around here. I don't think you should be despairing. No, the, uh, I'm just a, uh, if they say alligator, I'm assuming. Wellness or yeah, they say gator, I'm assuming mystery meat. Skunk. Possum, raccoon. <laughs> nah, you can get a frozen bag of alligators anywhere in the South. Okay. All right. I'm a no. I've had too much mayo. Um, if anyone is at this uh, this tournament and can send us pictures of eating oh, yeah. all 11. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, you win some kind of prize. I can't imagine what we would <laughs> offer you at that point other than a barf bag. But... <laughs> a barf bag and a colostomy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good luck to you. Yeah. All right. Finally, in um, dietary news, we have to tip our cap to this guy from Cincinnati. Del Hall is on his Lenten fast. He's honoring his religion by giving up something for Lent. And it basically is everything other than beer. <laughs> everything other than beer. Last year, Del Hall, 44-year-old Army veteran and sales director, at a brewing company, he lost 44 pounds during Lent by only drinking two to five beers a day and eating no food, just wow. drank all his calories. At the end of the fast, that I feel like I'm in my 20s. He lost weight and his blood pressure, sugar, blood sugar, and cholesterol all improved. Uh, he is now back trying it again. He gained back the 40 pounds, mm. uh, <laughs> of course, over the year. Because yeah, his diet kind of... was actually exclusively those hot dogs we were just talking about. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the other 11 months. First solid food he ate last year after only drinking beer was guacamole. It's <laughs> an interesting start. I love guacamole. Guacamole is good, I guess, but that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, you probably had to ease it's... your way back. Like, you can't just, like, crush a T-bone if you haven't eaten for 40 days. Sure right? you can. Why not? <laughs> Be the first thing that's like crush. I just put the guacamole on the Tebow. <laughs> Absolutely. If you hadn't eaten any, yeah, it could be. I'd be going to the SEC women's basketball tournament <laughs> eating hot dogs. I'd be, I'd go crazy. Oh, yeah. Fifty days. He's going for fifty this year because he works for Fifty West Brewing. Okay. And he wants to set the unofficial world record. Guinness does not uh, recognize a beer only fast record. <laughs> Boo, Guinness. He says uh, it's not that hard. After 30 days, it was like easy. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Any supplements? Did he like drink supplements or like? Uh... I think he just drank beer. <clears throat> wow. Like, It'd have to be a heavy beer. Would you try this? Well, 
I, I would say this. I need to lose weight and I love beer. So, yes, I would. <laughs> Let me in. Uh, you know, it's got to be good beer, though. I'm not drinking the Wetzel stuff. I'm not getting well, the 90 Well, you can go pack. ahead. No one's stopping you. No. What kind is he what? drinking? If he works at I'm 50 West sure he's Brewery, drinking I would beer. imagine he's... Yeah, 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 there's some pictures of... Uh, yeah, it's not it's not Bush Light. Yeah. So he's got... It's, I mean, his heart's in the right place, but I don't know if he's really doing this properly. Um, I actually, 50 straight days of Bush Light, you'd probably lose 100 pounds. There's nothing in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, you die. <laughs> I mean, at least these beers, he's got one of those fancy glasses. It looks like he's got some kind of, you know, stuff in there. Hops, something like that. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. If that's all yeah. you're going to have, it's got to be a bit of an occasion. You know, I mean, you got to do it right. I'd do it. Sure, I'd do it. It's a really cool experiment, Hall said. I sh Maybe I shouldn't diet at all and just see how I do. Lazy me said, yeah, let's do that. I, I don't know. Do you get drunk? Does your, does your, I don't believe this two to five bit. I think he's probably like more like you would, five You would get 15. hammered by the, by the day three on an empty stomach drinking five beers. You would be, you would be pretty drunk. Yeah, I would think. I would also say, like he said, cholesterol down, blood pressure down, all that stuff. Liver enzymes probably not down. It can't be a good exercise for the entire body. Like just, I just nope. can't see that. Maybe that's their March Madness challenge. Hey. Whoever loses the bracket challenge has to drink beer for five days. I might pick all the 16 seeds then. I don't mind losing that one. He has a YouTube channel, day nine weigh in. Let's see how much weight he lost. Looks like he's at 277.8. Oh, so he, okay, had some, he had some weight to work with. He's, he's not like, a small man. Yeah. He's lost 15 pounds. Uh, from day one to day nine. Okay. Uh, it's, it's apparently working. It seems like he's having a good time. There you go. You wanted... Is he exercising? Is that part I, of this? It doesn't really look like it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's nothing on the YouTube channel of that. that so there you go. Is that, are you obligated to now? If, like if you do this sort of thing, you're obligated to get a YouTube channel and put it on there? Is that like part of the deal? You can't just do it without I, broadcasting it? Listen, Pat. We're, we're all the stars of our own reality show now. Yeah, isn't that great? He's trying. Uh, he, yeah. He's described as a craft beer influencer and foodie. Influencer. First off, you're, there's no food. Yeah. So I <laughs> disagree with that. The craft beer, absolutely. So look, uh, we're giving him pub, and I plan on following this right along. I okay. just subscribed to his YouTube channel. So put sucker me. Ongoing saga. Keep us posted on it. All right. That's it. Wash your hands, people. <laughs> And if you see us, don't shake our hands because some of you guys, uh, you know. <laughs> and uh, if you're looking to play, you should do this. Best bracket challenge on Yahoo Sports. Uh, enter free winner. Best bracket, 25 grand. Simple. I mean, what else, What do you listen? You guys just listen to like this entire show. You got time. <laughs> you got time on your hands. You're not that busy. Self-quarantine and fill out the bracket on Yahoo. We got the best game going in March Madness. I'm not even close. Uh, we're gonna have, oh, we're gonna have a special selection Sunday show. Yeah, so it's baby. coming out first thing Monday morning. It'll be up. All of our insight. Don't fill out your bracket without us. Yeah, don't do the bracket challenge until Monday morning when you listen to this podcast. So at that point, Dan will have self-quarantined himself and drank only beer for six days. Yeah. 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 I think my wife's gonna go for that. <laughs> yeah, <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> be drunk for the next month needless to say i assume del hall is a uh, single i think i'm guessing you know just, i don't know how this would work can't can't pick up at school today i'm drunk <laughs> i'm Stand home on lunch. my beer only diet yeah. all right we'll talk to you guys next week take care <laughs>